CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400, and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you. That is a remixed version of an old tune that we used to hear on Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK. But our guest, who's back, our fall and winter guest for the first time in nine months, Joel Staniszewski and his band, The End of Everything, has remixed some tunes that we're going to be using here uh, on the podcast. Um, Joel Staniszewski, thanks for coming back and joining... Uh, Joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's, it's great to be back in the, uh, in the winner's circle here. <laughs> actually, it hasn't been nine months because the Bills did actually make a deep playoff run. It's been eight months. I don't want to just dis- – we're not used to that, uh, talking about right. Definitely uh, extra time playoff point spreads and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, here's Joel back uh, with his uh, weekly segment uh, during the football season, uh, joining – Matthew Fairburn, also of The Athletic, and Jonah Bronstein of the new Bronstein Times, the, the rocks, really, of TGAF. Um, Joel, your thoughts just generally on this Bills season. I know you had some excitement heading into last year, um, but we're talking about Super Bowl contender stuff. Uh, your Super Joel Sunday annual bet um, – probably feeling more confident about that than you ever have. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very rare but uh, interesting feeling to be going into a season with not just, oh, we're going to be better this year, but you know, if we just are just as good as we were last year, we're in a great position to, to make another deep playoff run. So it's a, it's a strange but wonderful feeling to, to have a team that you know you always assume is going to be great and it's going to make it to the Super Bowl, but in reality, you know it's not very likely. But now it's it's a you know it's it's almost a foregone conclusion now, right? Well, it, for for our loyal listeners, they know <laughs> that uh, they know the philosophy behind your Super Bowl Super Joel Sunday uh, bet. Uh, explain it for those who might be listening for the first time, what your, your concept is here. Yeah. So I, 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 I try to get it at the best time before the season starts. And I bet a future bet on the bills. Uh, usually I'm getting 20 to 50 to a hundred to one. And I bet enough so that when the bills, win the super bowl, I can uh, book a private jet or a first-class ticket back to Buffalo for the parade to rage for a couple of days and then fly back. 
on on the uh, on William Hill. So this year only got eleven to one, but uh, the bet is live, and uh, I think this is a uh, this has got to be our best chances in the past, you know, twenty years of this ticket actually cashing. And that's to win the Super Bowl. That's not just to get to the Super Bowl. That's win to win the Super it. Super Bowl. Yep. So eleven to one. What are your thoughts on that as a number? And were you able to shop around, or even after the fact, in retrospect, maybe did you did you shop around and did it ever get to twelve or thirteen? Or I saw it like ten. Um, I saw eleven, which is what I what I got. Uh, you might find like a twelve or a thirteen offshore, or even on like a newer DraftKings site or something like that. But I base it upon where I am at the time, what book, if I'm in a sports book, what apps I have, what's the easiest way for me to get this bet down and, uh, and get ready for the year. So I got 11 to one feeling good. How much did you have to throw on that to get, uh, probably more than usual to get more than usual. My, my normal, yeah. My normal bet is, is enough to like, you know, maybe private jet it across. Cause I think that's like five or 10 grand to do that. So now I'm now I'm more like first class type of ride. So, you know, somewhere in, uh, uh I got it twice. So about uh, combined, like a, I bet like odd amounts because it was like, I want to bet. So I won like profited like $58. So I put it down and then I won another bet for like $72. So I put that down. So uh, I'm, I'm still, still enough, still enough to get me there. When did it come home? Year? Are you going to go back to Vegas, or once you get here, you're just gonna you're just gonna die in in Buffalo? Uh, yeah, let them uh, bury you on Delaware Avenue. It, it. I feel like as as we've discussed before, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, the city of Buffalo is is going to explode. Like literally, it's going to be on fire. Literally. So going to be incredible so it may literally be on fire jonah i know you're trying to quibble with the uh, semantics there but i'm not ready to say it won't be yeah i i i think it will probably have fires well that's a reason to root against the bills then isn't it hmm. well Depends. if you're a, if you're a you know first class you know citizen that really want you know really worried about the um the upkeep of the town then yeah if you're running if you're running for mayor that would should be top of your platform i think Keep the city from yeah. Burning. I mean, it's certainly Mayor not. It's not going to no, be no trouble. <laughs> Jonah Bronstein rooting against the Bills for the sake of infrastructure. That that's I mean, your I sake don't of need a, I don't need a reason to root against the Bills and troll the fan, but I'll take this one. The Bills heading into this season are favored 15 out of their 17 games. Now, this is a preseason favorite. This isn't a game-to-game favorite. Those numbers can shift. But as it stands right now, the Bills are favored in every game except at Kansas City, where they are four-and-a-half-point underdogs, and at Tampa Bay, where they are four-point underdogs. Uh, We looked it up uh, before the start of the podcast, and, of course, we can't get the preseason or at least I can't. I, I didn't have access to the preseason uh, spreads. Uh, but if you want to take a look at where the spreads were at the time of each game, at kickoff of each game, the Bills have once in their history been favored 15 times, even in a 16-game season. They were favored to win 15 weeks out of 16 in 1991. Of course, that was their second Super Bowl season. They were favored 14 times in 1992. 
I found this interesting. They were favored 13 times in 1981, um, which was, uh, which was a, an underrated season in Bill's history. That's Joe Cribbs and Joe Ferguson had a nice year. Chuck Knox is head coach and a, and a really good defense. But, um, Joel, your thoughts on the Bills being, well, a safe bet to win straight up anyway. At least that's what Vegas is saying 15 times. But I guess what, what advice would you give to the Bills fan who is excited and needs to remind himself or herself um, that uh, just taking the Bills to win every week might not work out for you? With the spread, that is. Yeah, you have to take a lot of things into account uh, every week. So whether you're betting a future bet or you're betting week to week or you're trying to bet a couple games in advance, you got to take a million things into account injuries, COVID, uh, anything that could alter the game. So, you know, you're looking at the Bills right now this week as a, as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and that is, that'll pretty much maintain unless something major comes out. And, and it, we've seen injuries from every major player across their career at some point missing games. So you have to take all of those things into account when you're thinking of future bets, betting weeks in advance, uh, you know, you want to get the best number. And if the best number is the early number, then you take the early number and you hope that it, it, it stays there or, or the team stays as it was. Uh, but you, you're, 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 always, you're always risking any bet for any sport. You know, you're always risking an injury or something major happening before the start of the game to, to alter the line. So you're, you're hoping that you're just going to get the best of it. And that's, that's the, the best way to, to talk about sports betting, whether you're betting pregame, in-game, futures, you're trying to get the best number. And if you get the best number, you know, you're going to win more than you lose. What do we think about this early um, six-and-a-half-point spread against the Steelers? It's uh, probably not something people are used to seeing. You know, basically got to win by a touchdown to cover the spread against the team that, you know, say what you will about how they finished last year, but still the Pittsburgh Steelers, still Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin. That says quite a bit about how the books feel about the Bills. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Um, you, you take home field into it. You took you take how the season ended for both teams, and you take the age of both teams and the quarterbacks. So Josh Allen just got a big contract. Um, he he's made it very clear that he's very hungry, and the contract doesn't affect his mindset. And you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's on the very downside of his career. He's on the, probably his last year. So he's always been a not very mobile quarterback. So you add now age into it. Uh, if they can't get a run game going like they really couldn't last year and they're just relying on the pass, they're, they're going to be not, they're not going to be as good as they were last year. They're not going to start off 11 and 0 or whatever it was. They, they really need to get their team playing better and getting, you know, getting, running the ball. And I just don't see that happening, at least not week one. I don't see them figuring out a new game plan to, to move the ball. Would you say that there is a, so I'm interested in this. The bills are favored preseason to win 15 games. Their season long over under win total on Vegas insider, um, which was her site to, you know, 
pop up for me is 11. That's a pretty yeah. big gap. Like, is that sign of value? Are those numbers, are they usually using the game by game spreads to determine that over under win total? No, they're, they're still figuring it out whether they're doing win totals or not, or games. They're figuring out what's the best number to put out there to get bets on both sides. Uh, so you want to get, ideally you want to get even money bet on both sides. And when you're laying the juice, the books are guaranteed to win 5%. There's free 5% money every week. Uh, obviously that's not the case, which is why they move lines. Uh, but you can't, you couldn't put a team at 15 as they're over and under win total because everybody would bet under, you have to put a number out there. That's going to be realistic that people will bet both sides because you will, are understanding that whether a team is favored or not, they're not going to win every game that they're favored and they're not going to lose every game that they're a plus team. So you got to try to get the number, whether it's a win total or a point spread for a game to get as much money on both sides. What do you feel about that 11? That seems low to me, especially in a 17 game season. Yeah, it seems low, a touch low, uh, but you also have to figure that people would assume that the Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots will be better than they were last year. They all have uh, two of the three have new quarterbacks, you know, highly regarded college quarterbacks coming out. Uh, Dolphins were finished the season much better than they started the season. And hopefully, if they have more success with Tua, then they're going to be a better team also. Uh, With also a longer season, you run the risk of a team clinching sooner and therefore not playing as hard as the season goes on. You know, we we remember seeing the Patriots, you know, week 12 already clinching the division. So now you're going to be seeing that in a possibly week 12 or 13 when you still have five, four or five games left. So you got to take all of those things into account. Uh, and again, injuries, COVID, anything that could affect the team, you, you want to kind of take that into account whenever you're putting up numbers. Tied for third in the NFL. So, I mean, it might be a little low, but compared to everybody else, it's not that low. Agreed. Yep. It feels like a decent value, but it's also, I don't think I would, I would put any, U.S. dollars on it, maybe some loonies, but, um, you know, it's right on that spot where it's exactly what Joel's talking about. Sure, they're favored in 15 games, so the the value says, like, oh, they'll probably win more than 11, but, you know, 11 is a push, and you're basically saying these guys are going to win 12, 13, 14 games, and it's to pick any team win that amount of games. you got to have, have real conviction, and think probably how much do you get into these season long bets, Joel, because it seems to run a little bit counter to your logical brain, the way you think on a week to week basis, all those variables you just mentioned that you really can't control or predict like injuries, COVID and different things that can happen. And we know that Joel really gets off on the in-game stuff, which Matthew and I also do when we get together and we have a chance to do it. It's, it's that it's, yeah, it's factoring in all the information as opposed to, what we're looking at with these futures is a very superficial guess that the books put out. And then they kind of massage it as the books kind of get together and see what the other, other lines makers have done. And they kind of just settle somewhere. 
Right. Yeah. I, I'm not big into season totals because you're just getting, you're betting the 10 and a half or 11 and you're getting your 110, 120, 130, whatever it is at that time. And you're, you're also, you have that money locked up for months. So if I'm going to bet $200 on the bills over 11, I'm waiting now 18 weeks to try to cash this ticket. And I feel as though I can make more money with that $200 betting week to week, whether it's bills, whether it's a different game, whether it's in running, uh, than to tend to lock up that money for for 18 weeks, hoping that it's going to cash and I'm going to bet my 220 to win 200. I'd rather keep that money and invest it in short-term bets. Invest. Joel likes to stay liquid with his investments. (laughs) Yes. Stay liquid. (laughs) Buy low, sell high. LIFO, FIFO. Uh, that's uh, and any other accounting terms that I can throw at you from uh, from accounting 101 at, at Baldwin Wallace College. Um, so let's I, I, we're stuck with the futures right now, Joel. At least as it stands, the season's still a week away. Uh, let's take a look at the odds to win the AFC East, and these are uh, maybe not entirely up to date, but the general gist of it stays the same. The Bills minus 150. That's a clear cut favorite. Um, there are some divisions in which the the team with the best odds is a plus. So you have the Bills at minus 150, uh, the Dolphins plus 325 next, and then the Patriots at plus 350. I'm sure that that's changed, especially as people have seen Mac Jones. Um, I think that the Patriots could sneak up on some teams this year because uh, you know Tom Brady being gone, the train wreck that Cam Newton uh, was. Uh, a train wreck's maybe a little too harsh, but he – Certainly didn't help the Patriots uh, last year. The Jets plus twenty five hundred. Uh, I, I know that those those numbers are kind of vague, uh, but your general gist of that pecking order within the division in terms of uh, in terms of the bets. Yeah, I definitely feel like those are all in the right spot, basing it upon previous years, the last year, and where those same teams are roster wise. Um, you know you're dealing with rookies from last year sometime with, for most, most teams that barely, that didn't have any camp at all. So, you know, this year two is their first time having a camp as well as the rookies from this year. So you got to factor in all of these things uh, that are in place. Who's been on the COVID list, who's been missing practice for a week or two. Uh, so you take the, all of these things into account as well as the, the coaching staff. So, you know, Bilicek is, is a great coach. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. So t- to get him at plus 350 or plus 375, or whatever it is now, I think is a great value if you feel confident in that team. Um, as a Bills fan and thinking the Bills are going to win the division, it's kind of the same as the season win totals. Uh, you got to lock up your money for, you know, four or five months and you still got to lay 15 to win 10. So I feel like that's a, a good bet, but I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't make that bet. You know, for us, it's good to have our money tied up. That means we can't do anything stupid with it <laughs> during the season. You make money on your bets, but some of us, you know, it might not be a bad thing to have it locked into something a little safer. Right? Yeah. If you lock it in, then you're you can't really uh, lose it a bunch of times over. For the record, in the AFC East, the win totals for each team, Buffalo 11, New England 9.5, Miami 9.5, New York 6. 
Joel current, under cur- on Miami. Current, I think current, stink. Do these over-unders add up? Like, I mean, I guess I could figure that out on my own. But yeah. Like, it, are the ones at the bottom, it, would it be like a real standing? Yeah. Okay. Um, current odds for the AFC East, Bills minus 180, Patriots plus 350, Dolphins 375, Jets 20 to 1. All right, so the Patriots have inched up ahead of yeah ahead of the Dolphins, which I I expected. I, which I makes sense. Mac, Mac Jones has looked that good, and I think that that's where you get your confidence in a bet. Really, is from the quarterback. Uh, oh yeah, a lot definitely. of the times the quarterback and the coach combination. Um, what are the things? I wrote a column about it uh, in the Athletic today uh, regarding the things that could trip up the Bills, and we've kind of touched on a few of them. Um, so this is Joel, I guess, not from a betting standpoint, but from your Bills fan perspective. What are the things that concern you between here and SoFi Stadium in February? I think the. The, the two things that pop into my head right away is vaccine status and players possibly getting sick or close contact. So they're missing a game. So if, you know, the loudest mouth Cole Beasley misses a game and then we lose the game because of lack of passing yards, he's going to hear it on Twitter or wherever. And then he's going to get pissed off mo- like most people would. Um, as I've said to, to my friends, like who've sent me like, Oh, Cole Beasley. I'm like, the second he starts catching touchdowns, no one's going to care about his, his, his thoughts on the, on the shot. But when he gets sick, if he gets sick or misses a game, then people are going to care. So that's a big thing. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the NFL? And I, they can't, as it stands now, based on the CBA or the way it's been collectively bargained. But do you think the NFL should uh, release vaccination statuses for players for purposes of betting, especially since the NFL is no longer pretending that it has nothing to do with gambling. They are now right. all their partnerships partners. Right. So yeah. shouldn't, I mean, doesn't, wouldn't vac status be that type of thing that the NFL was always um, really worried about that sinister element, trying to get inside information. Uh, and if you keep that vaccination status secret, then that's one. That's a big piece of information that somebody in an underhanded way can use to their advantage. I think just the the status doesn't make. I don't think makes a big deal. It's when somebody gets sick. That's when things are going to change. Um, so yeah, the teams that have announced that they're one hundred percent vaccinated, like Tampa Bay and I think Atlanta, like yeah, that's great. That means you are much more certain that less people are running the risk of being sick. They don't have to worry as much about, well, I think they still do have to wear masks inside, whether you're vaccinated or not. Um, But I think the main thing is going to be when you start seeing a team getting a positive test. So if you know that uh, I've had conversations and I don't know the specifics of it all, but if you're not vaccinated and you're in close contact, you have to stay out longer than a person who is vaccinated and, and is in close contact. Is that correct? Yes. You have to stay out five days if you're not vaccinated. And if you are, you just need two negative tests. So that's where I think maybe you're right. Maybe not um, week to week. You know, I, I don't think if I had inside info that X team has nine starters that are unvaccinated. I don't think I'm just betting the other side every week, banking on a close contact. But I think 
And I do wonder, you know, we talk about that 11 seeming a little bit low for the right. bills. If I knew the bills were at 80%, that might would it, that would certainly factor into my whether I'm going to bet over or under on the wins. Yeah, I think it affects the season long, and I I do actually wonder because the Bills have been so public, and it's been right. obvious that they're one of the worst teams with vaccination rates. If maybe they'd be eleven and a half, if not for you know, I don't think it's drastic that they'd be thirteen, but I, maybe eleven and a half, maybe twelve. If I think that they had more, you know, vaccinations. Yeah, from what I've seen, uh, you know, people talking about and online is that a majority of the people in the the receivers aren't vaccinated. So, if one of your receivers gets sick, and you and the others that aren't vaccinated are five dayers, and it happens on a Thursday, you're not playing. So who you know, who who we're going to be just bringing up people from the practice squad because Beasley and um, Gabe Davis are, are, are out because of right. that. Yeah. I think, you know, you had not six starters, but six players who put, who have roles on the team, you know, were pulled off in that last close contact situation. So right. yeah, if you get, and I think it's particularly important to Tim's point more so I might actually, you know, play the over under game or do some things if, I knew the vaccination status of every single quarterback in the NFL. I think that's where you could probably really get some leverage and maybe even saying, you know what, every week or in certain weeks, if I'm feeling pretty good about X team upsetting the Colts, I'm going to feel a little bit better knowing that Carson Wentz is unvaccinated. And at any point, he could get you know, yanked off for close contact. And that line is going to first come off the board and then change by a couple of points. Right. Well, yeah, Same let would me, be true. Let me add a wrinkle about, to that because I think is what you're getting at, Matthew. But on, on Monday, when that line comes out or Sunday night, taking a flyer on whoever the Colts are playing or who the, whoever the Vikings are playing, and some point within that week, they lose their quarterback. You're, you're kind of, you, you, so you're getting an honest bet. You're getting an honest spread, right? And so I guess theoretically that's 50-50. And then you're hoping it, during the course of the week that uh, that Kirk Cousins or or uh, what's his face? Uh, why am I drawing a blank? Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. I was going to say Zach Kiefer. Uh, he does <laughs> he does reporter. something else in in, in Indianapolis. Um, that uh, yeah, that they get tripped up. Yeah, the problem with that is though that you're. Like, I don't know that I'm going to say, all right, Jaguars are, are upsetting the Colts, or I'm going to hammer it every week, right? Because. No, but you still get the points. Are, you're, you still get the, you know, you're still getting the points. You still have a chance to win the bet off that's the true. top. It's just and a matter you're of. you're hoping for catastrophe. It's a matter between of how, then and how strong kickoff. you feel. And it can, the, the good thing about it is like, oh, maybe you get lucky week two, right? I mean, I, I'd say you get lucky with a guy having close contact with COVID, but that's, that is the murky waters of of sports gambling that the league and a lot of its various partners have, have entered into um, our outlet included has a, a partnership with MGM. So yeah, you're kind of thinking, all right, this week, week two, I bet against, you know, I bet the Colts opponent and Carson Wentz get pulled off for close contact. We talked about this when it happened with the bills, just because you got lucky in week two, it's just as likely to happen a couple months later or, you know, however long later until Carson Wentz gets vaccinated if he does at all. So I think part of it will depend too on, I mean, the drop-off, right? If we knew 
and we still are a little unclear on whether Josh Allen is vaccinated. If you knew he wasn't, you could get some serious value on these lines where the Bills are favored every week. And if one week it goes from Josh Allen to Mitchell Trubisky, then you know that's a nice a nice swing for your your underdog bet. Not that I I think too many people listening to this show are eager to to bet teams to cover the spread against the Bills. I know uh, Super Joel over here is not not big into in that. this in this scenario though. We're, you're almost not betting on the game. You're betting on does the quarterback get caught. Okay. It's a contingency bet, right? Which is so be one more thing to out. bet on. I yeah. think Bills fans should always bet against the Bills. At least that would be my sentiment because then you win either way. Either your favorite team wins or you win your bet. And that, people don't like that. that we've t- we, something that we've talked about in the past, yeah. Um, Pe- people don't keep, like that. Now, keep in mind who the backup quarterback of your team is. You know, Mitchell Trubisky is probably one of the better backups, but you got to figure out who's the backup in Jacksonville and who, what's – uh, long hairs uh, st- vaccination status. And even if you're talking about uh, the Colts, <laughs> you're factoring, <laughs> you're talking about Carson Wentz not being vaccinated, but also Carson Wentz's injury history. So you're rolling the dice twice by betting against them. So, you know, you have all these things. You can try to figure that out. And this comes back to trying to get the best number. So if you're betting against the Colts and you get plus seven, and then all of a sudden, three days before the game, it goes to plus three. You just got the best of it. And the more times you get the best of it than not, the more chances, the better chances you have of, of winning your bets. You might even be able to sell that ticket, right? You know, don't prop even swap. have to worry. Don't prop even have swap. to worry. You all, do you have, do you guys have prop swap? I don't think you know what do. that is. A buddy of mine runs a site called prop swap where you can sell and buy tickets, tickets during a game of, of a pregame features tickets, you can you sell them and they, they take a little percentage and the person buying it buys it for what you want to sell it for. Or they put in a bid on it like eBay, like someone's eBay buying your Bill's Super Bowl ticket that you bought at 11 to one. And the book's now at three to one and I'm selling it at six to one. Brilliant. Wild West out there, man. A couple of years now, I think maybe like three, four years that, I, that I'm aware of. Have you ever bought somebody else's used prop? No. <laughs> sloppy proppies no 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 sloppy seconds from proppy me. seconds <laughs> that's a good name for a knockoff site proppy yeah. seconds i think proppy se- i still am in the market for a, a name for my fantasy football team um but i don't know Pro- not enough people would get it nobody would get it i would get it at least three at least three people would get it that's three people out of 12 in the league. That's pretty good, I'd say. Uh, what are else you a fantasy you, footballer, Joel? Joel? Uh, there, What's that? Matthew? Are you a fantasy footballer? People have asked me to join leagues, and I never do because my team is always just the Bills. I just draft all Bills players, and I don't want to draft a team, and then I got to root. Well, I hope the Bills beat the Dolphins, but I hope Tua throws for 300. It just it, it throws me off. So I, I, I'm not very good at, at fantasy football, so I stay away. Do you find that common? Because I know somebody who was a big fantasy sports player, commissioner of all my leagues, and they moved out to Vegas and got a bit more into regular sports betting and then found fantasy sports to not have enough action. Is that something you notice a lot out in Vegas? I think so. I think so. I mean, the fantasy is still cool, like with your friends and you just, just for bragging rights and you, you, you know, you buy in for a hundred bucks or whatever. I just feel like 
if I, if I, yeah, if I buy into a fantasy right. league for $200, I'm just giving $200 away because I, I have zero chance of winning the league. Sports betting's like hard drugs. And right. Fantasy football just doesn't do it after you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want, yeah, I don't want to like, somebody's gonna, like, I'm going to play hey, bingo. Come on. I'm a gambler. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Hey, I won $350 on my fantasy football league. You're like, cute. I won three grand this weekend <laughs> betting the games. Nice job. How long did same concept applies to $50, $100 buy-in and it's tied up for a long time. That, yeah. that money could be making you money folks. If, if you're not tying it up in your fantasy football league. And we're going to have to keep track, you know, speaking of making you money, um, Joel Staniszewski is on a heater. Uh, his picks on this show, he doesn't pick all the games. Uh, he picks the Bills game for sure. And then if he's feeling it, he'll give you two or three more. Uh, pretty lopsided win percentage last year. So um, we'll stay at it. I, I, you know, in fact, Joel, I think we talked about it after last season. Um, is there a way that we should also like put a dollar figure on it to say if you bet ten dollars on every one of the of Joel's picks, you would? I'm gonna say here. we're gonna say hundred dollar bets. Hundred dollar bets. Hundred dollar okay. bets to win a hundred dollars. So you're one tens to win hundreds, and of course sometimes you're gonna lay one fifteen, and sometimes you're gonna lay one hundred five. So we'll just, for the sake of argument, we'll say we're betting one ten to win a hundred on these bets. Okay. All good. So that's that's good. We will be recording those throughout the season, keeping uh, keeping Joel's feet to the fire. Really, there's accountability on this podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, Joel has uh, been giving uh, amazing picks since he's been on the show, going back to the radio days. What is this? Four years now, Joel? Do you think? Probably more. I feel like the years just kind of blend together after yeah. a while. There was the one year I was doing the picks for the Buffalo News, so that was at least four years ago. Because uh, I think we didn't do it my last year there, and you were picking all the games on the radio show, and I just started filing those picks. I was I was in dead last place, and I think I pulled the middle of the pack uh, with a lopsided winning record with uh, with your picks uh, under my name. So thank you. Uh, I guess if if I never did tell you that, you're welcome. Thank you for allowing ethics. me to to plagiarize your picks anytime um, to get me to mediocrity uh, after a after a very poor start. Um, but the magic of Joel is that he, you know, a lot of people will pick all the games and say, look at my 55% winning percentage, picking the spreads of all these games, la-di-da, how smart am I? But they didn't actually bet on any of them. Joel is looking at it and saying, this is what I will actually put my money on. Not just picking it. I mean, you're bound to get half of them right if you just pick every game. I mean, at some point you're just flipping a coin. But to actually look at the lines, see which ones are no good, or see which ones you should stay away from, and actually put your money on some of them and pick the right ones is a skill. It's why we have have him on. He's a pro. And he's a pretty face. Much prettier than the rest of us Fs. I, I would beg to differ, but I'll appreciate the compliment. So, some lady complimented me at the drive through at Dunkin' Donuts about my, about my eyes the other day, and I was like, I appreciate it, but it's kind of creepy. Don't you go to the drive-through topless coffee shop? I did that one time. One time, it's one gone time. now. It's it's closed. One time. One time. <laughs> one time. It was one time, and I really needed the coffee, and I didn't know that it was it, cow cowgirl coffee. It was called. I thought they were just dressed up like cowgirls, but they weren't. Maybe they maybe. weren't dressed up at all. <laughs> you might have had a hat on. <laughs> and why didn't you go back? Was the coffee any good? It was. Well, and why didn't you notice if they were or were not wearing hats? 
well, I'll tell you. So I pull up, I picked up my daughter from school and I'm driving home and I'm thinking, I really need a coffee. So I go into the, how old is your daughter? She's seven now, but at the time she was like three. Oh, you had your daughter in the car for this. So I have my, (laughs) but she's three. So she's just blah, blah, blah. She's looking around being a baby doing three-year-old stuff. And I see the girl and I'm just like, oh shoot. So I'm just like, yeah. So I, I place my order and she's like, this was the bold move that I really appreciated. I paid in cash. And it was like, I gave her a 10 for like a $5 and 80 cent coffee. And she's like, did you need change? And I was like, that's a bold question because people are going to, more people than not are going to say no because they want a tip. But like, I was like, uh, no, you know, but I'm also thinking like, that's a, that's a lot of, it's a big tip for a coffee. And so she's making this, this coffee and like bending down to the fridge to get the milk out, to make the latte. And I'm just like, but she was, I'll be honest, she was not that pretty on the eyes for, for, in my, in my taste, for my taste. I was just kind of like taking my coffee and was luckily my daughter didn't, didn't notice anything. She was just sitting in the back and the coffee was okay, but it, it was definitely not, the coffee wasn't good enough to go back. So I didn't, and it's now gone. So clearly more milk out more people than me did not like the coffee as much either. So. Strikes me as not a super COVID friendly type of place that perhaps that didn't help its uh, <laughs> chances of survival. Right. Uh, what is that? Is that a stir stick? What are you doing over there? Right. Yeah. I think I mentioned uh, the, the barber, the topless barbershop when I lived in Las Vegas called a little off the top. Yeah. And it was right around the corner from the newspaper. And there was a reporter there uh, who used to go there and it was like, they used to advertise in our paper and it was just, yeah. It was around for a while. It was around pretty much the entire time I lived there. And that, that was, that's a block of time for, for a bad haircut. And probably um, a lot, a lot more expensive than your usual haircut, I imagine. And you got to, and they're going to probably ask if you need change. You got to say no, cause you got to leave a tip now. Right. Cause your daughter's there and you don't want to look <laughs> right. like a bad tipper in front of your daughter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Regardless of their apparel. I, I, my always wondered the, like the danger of when they whip that apron off of you at the end, you know, um, danger. not, a, not a lot of secrets. If you've been sitting there having your hair cut by a topless <laughs> woman for the, for the past 20 minutes. And they say that there's like a thing that hairstylists get when they get like, almost like, um, what do you get? When, what's that called? When you get a wood chip stuck in your finger splinter sliver. Oh yeah, they get those you get like over. little hairs yeah. can get like stuck in your skin. So like I don't want you want like my hairs like all over you're gonna trim my beard and then my beard hair is gonna be all over your topless body. It's getting Strange. racy. It's getting kind racy of... here on Tim Graham and Friends. <laughs> Brought to you by CTBK. Brought to you by a little off the top. That's where uh, Gene Kirshner is probably thinking, you don't need to add in certain parts of the conversation, <laughs> you don't always need to add. Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK. Yeah, there are moments where they would like to forget that TGAF is brought to you by CTBK, but we don't let the people forget. No, it's we're good to our sponsors. It's contractually obligated. Uh, every time we mention Tim Graham and Friends, it is brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. Um, new sponsor, which will start next week. We kind of tipped it off already on a previous show, but... Uh, well, we'll have some kind of unveiling next week. CTBK is remaining the title sponsor of Tim Graham and Friends, but we're we're adding uh, Amherst Pizza and Alehouse to some uh, some of the elements 
Hell, maybe uh, maybe we'll even have them uh, be the sponsor of on the line from Vegas, Joel Staniszewski. They could sponsor the R-rated segments that CTBK doesn't want to be attached to. Right. There you once go. N- once nudity and swear words start flying, like then it's cut, cut to the other allies. side. That's right. Yeah. Um, what else you want to talk about, Joel? Before we wrap it up here, uh, take the Bills, take the under. What? Wait a minute. The under? Take oh, On, take. We're picking Bills the game. Steelers game already. Yeah, yeah. No, Bills no. Let's game. make it official next week. Something might happen. Okay. You know, I mean, un, you would you would, hope, you would hope that it doesn't happen for you as a Bills fan, but let's say Josh okay. Allen hits we're his just thumb talking just on FA Obata's helmet in practice. You know, it's too late. I just took the Bills in the under. Yep. Lock it said it. I'm locked in. I'll put. <laughs> I'm going to put up a board of the picks so that way we can review them a little more I like easily. It. I like we're, it. Yeah. Weren't we going to talk about why Joel doesn't put meat in his mouth anymore? Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Brought right. to you by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amherst so, Pizza and Alehouse wants to know why you're not eating meat anymore. So for about 20 years, I didn't eat meat. And uh, I, I ate, started eating meat for in about six, seven years. I did that. Had to go to, the, had to, go to a doctor, had to go to a surgeon. I had to have a, a hernia, hernia removed from my stomach. And uh, then I had to take, I had to do all these tests because the, my, I was telling my doctor, like, my stomach always hurts. I eat garbage. That's just what I do. That's just my casual nature. And well, I, you, you drink know. cowgirl coffee. I mean, right. I can't cowgirl. imagine that you really are, are you really scrutinize everything you put in your system. So, so I I went to the doctor and I ran. They ran literally every test you could imagine, every blood test you could run. I'm, SAT. I'm taking. I'm I'm dropping. Uh, Wait, are we are we still in the G section or the R rated section? We're we're all over. This is um, this I'm, is always. I'm, uh, I'm taking a dump in a in a cup to have it tested. Everything brought and, to you by Amherst Pizza and Ale. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I go and I get a um, ultrasound of my stomach, and the lady's like, "I can't even see some of your organs because of there's just like so much mess down here." She's like, "And your your liver is like twice the size it's supposed to be." And I was and like, don't I don't even, drink. I don't even drink. And she's like, honestly, I got to tell you, your liver looks like an alcoholics. And I was like, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. So I don't know what the problem is. And she's like, well, you need to change your diet. You need to change your the exercise. Problem is, routine. you don't drink or do drugs, right? Then I'd be like uh, the guitar player, the Rolling Stones, and not the drummer. Um, sorry, Dad. R.I.P. Charlie. Um, so I was like, all right, I gotta, I'm going to change my... So I started working out. So for about a year now, I've been working out pretty regularly, cut out meat, cut out soda, and I've dropped about 25 pounds, and I'm, I'm faster, I'm stronger, I'm ready to make a comeback in the league. I can actually like run for like longer than like 10 seconds without keeling over. So I'm uh, feeling good. How does, how does this affect your singing? Because you are such a forceful singer, as you're about to hear, uh, dear listener uh, and dear viewer, as we head out to uh, the end of everything. You're the lead singer of this band. We've remixed, well, not we, you have remixed uh, Force Fed Lies for us uh, yeah. as uh, some bumper music. You are a screamer. So yeah. I'm guessing that when you're performing, that was taking a toll. Yeah, the... The last show that we played before my surgery, I, I, I almost threw up like 
I almost threw up. Like it was as close I've ever come to like actually throwing up on stage just because I just didn't feel well. Like I just pushed it too hard. Um, but our first show back post quarantine is this coming Tuesday, the 7th of September. So I'm hoping that this leaner, meaner version is going to get, going to get wild. Do you go through conditioning for singing? Have you, do you, other well, than we, rehearsal, is there? Yeah, when, when, when we practice, I, I try to practice like we play, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, like the Bills in the offseason. You get so 1% I make, better every day? I try. I try to give it. And there's even times where we'll practice and we'll go through the set twice. So I'll play through the entire set and then do it again. So if I can put all this energy into doing it twice, then that means I can do it that much better one time through with the added adrenaline of, of actually being in front of, in front of people. Right on, man. Where's the show? There is a uh, VFW hall here. There's two of them that do most of the shows. So the one that we're playing at on Tuesday is called the uh, fraternal order order of the Eagles. And uh, we are the local support of a tour of touring bands and the show sold out in six hours when they, when they announced the show. So it's going to be a packed house. Kids are going to go nuts. How big is that room? About 300 people. There'll be about 300 people in there. Packed to the gills. That's me, healthy. Me, me screaming without a mask on. Me putting the mic out to the crowd. If you have a mask on. If you don't, you got to get stay away from me. Are there venues there, like casinos? That have, I'm guessing at some point you've played a casino or two. But is there who's, who's really hot in the clubs? This is me getting... Uh, maybe a little too Vegas geeky, uh, but I've been gone for so long. Who, who are doing, who are investing in shows of local acts like yours? Are there, is there anybody in casinos now? Yeah. Or just the, lo- it doesn't have to be a casino, but it, lo- the local places. It, it's it, the, the bigger spots. If anything, they're doing like cover bands, you know, cover bands that are there sure. and, and they haven't been really doing much right now. I mean, but there were, there used to be some places downtown, some of the, some of yeah. the prettier places they used to like to to bring in. Yeah, there still is the you know a dive bar and an office bar and and those type of places. They still do do double down. Still does shows. I'm sure you've oh, found yourself. Down. Yeah, there's a um, there's a band from here, and I'm friends with the guitar player. They're called uh, Frank and Deans, and Frank and Deans are like a surf rock punk cover band. And they're 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 playing at the bars like that, and then they're going on like a tour with some bigger bands. But like that type of stuff still happens, you know, and always and always will. Um, but the casinos themselves, they're they're just more towards, you know, events that can make a big draw. Whether it's sure. you know Celine Dion or Morrissey's playing, he's a, he's doing a residency right now, and so yeah. PTs is not going to be hosting. Uh the end of anything or the end of everything. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no PT's pub or uh, uh, you're not going to take the stage at Tommy rockers anytime soon. No, no PTs will never be a, a, a part of Tim Graham's and friends. I will boycott the show. If you try to get PTs involved. Well, that's, that's fine. But uh, <laughs> Tim Graham and his Tim Graham in his twenties gave PTs pub a lot of his money. <laughs> A lot yes. of his money. Yeah. Sorry, I hope you don't think less of me. I couldn't think any less of you. <laughs> well, it's mathematically <laughs> impossible. 
Joel Stanishevsky, it's great to have you back, man. Uh, it's been fun to to get back in touch and to to get uh, get a little bit of a foundation laid uh, heading into 2021 with the Bills. We've talked about all the props and uh, the futures. Now we can uh, open up next week with Bills uh, Steelers talk. Get into some of the matchups, handicap it, and uh, start getting your plays. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Sounds good. Talk to you guys soon. That's Joel Staniszewski on the line from Vegas here on Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by uh, CTBK. Uh, And my thanks also to Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic and Jonah Bronstein of the New Bronstein Times for your listening pleasure after this promo from CTBK, CPAs and Business Consultants. You will hear Joel Staniszewski, lead singer of The End of Everything. Thanks, guys. The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716 716- 630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. We'll